In this initial episode of Soccer City Spotlight, the focus will be on Patrick Vieira. Named the head coach of New York City FC in November of 2015, he resigned from the position on June the 11th, 2018, leaving behind a franchise that he helped develop into one of the top teams in Major League Soccer. This is Glenn Crooks, and at the time when Patrick was in his prime as a player with the Arsenal Gunners, I was a full-time coach on the collegiate level, and the Gunners, my favorite side for their exquisite football. So to have an opportunity to interview Patrick on over 100 occasions, an unimaginable treat. Today, I'm going to share three of those interviews, my first ever with him, our last interview together, and then one in between on the day Arsene Wenger announced that he was leaving Arsenal. January 20th, 2016, Patrick introduced to the media at Yankee Stadium. And after a long, long stretch of interviews, I got his final words on the day. All right, it's been a long day for you, so uh, I hope some of these questions are maybe a little fun to think about. Uh, you, in my opinion, revolutionized the, uh, the box-to-box midfielder, the number eight, uh, power, finesse. I'm curious as to whether you feel like that'll be a, a very important role on a team that you coach. It's, it is a really important role, but I would like to take every single position as important as a number eight role because, uh, because you win, you play well as a team. So every single player in every single position has a massive part to play on the success of a team. But this position, it, it requires uh, both sides of the ball, getting into the box to finish, recovering into defense, so um, you don't feel it more critical than any other position? No, not at all, because it's the same for outside back. You, when you're in a position of the ball, you want them to be really offensive. And when you're outside of position, you want them to defend quite really well. And the same for the number nine, you want him to be the first one to defend, to be behind the ball. At the same time, you will want him, when he gets a chance, to put it in the back of the net. So every single player in every single position need to understand that they're part of the game. You have the ball, you attack. You don't have the ball, you defend. We are defending not as individual. We are defending as a team. Your influences as a player, and you've answered this question a lot, but it's an important one. you got Wanger. Uh, Mourinho, Capello, um, can you specifically define the qualities from those three in particular that you've carried on and that you'll bring into the New York City program? Uh, what I really liked um, of Mourinho is his work ethic, the way he's organizing his team against the opponent. He he know what is the strength and the weakness of the opposition team he will face and he will prepare his team really well and give them the details about what he wants. And for me, that's his, uh, that was really impressive. Uh, when we're talking about Arsene Wenger, I like the fact that he's really keen on his team, focusing 80% of his team about what he wants, the style of play he wants and what he expects from them and not taking so much consideration in the other team. And I think that's quite interesting as well. Um, when you look at Fabio Capello, is about team spirit, the togetherness, how we will make understand the team that individual will not going to bring us 
anywhere. What is important is the team, is the spirit. Make us understand that indiv- uh, collective is more in- important than the individual. And um, and I think that was uh, that was uh, that was the main message that I want to take from uh, from those uh, those managers. Arce, you mentioned style, and someone said recently to me that Sir Alex, one of the uh, great parts of his success is that style and results seem to mesh a little bit more effectively than it did with Wenger, or has. Yeah, I think that's just so. Maybe the balance wasn't the right one compared to Alex Ferguson balance, I would say. And, and it's all about the way you feel of Sophie you want to put in place. And I remember my time at Arsenal, we had a really good balance because we had players who were fast, players who were really strong physically and players who were really creative. And when you look at the generation of Arsenal at the moment, they may be playing a better football than we used to, but they won less than we used to. So where's the balance there? You retired from football, great career, moved into coaching um, with the EDS program at Manchester City. I'm just curious, uh, I've, I've thought about this a while, whether you were ever contacted by Arsenal and, uh, and Wanger to, to come in and coach in that situation, in that fraternity, or, uh, or not? And, and if not, would that disappoint you a little bit? I've never been contacted by Arsenal or anybody from Arsenal Football Club to, um, to manage or to get involved with Arsenal Football Club. Um, if I was disappointed, I was expecting maybe something from them, but it didn't came. It didn't kill me. It didn't uh, stop me um, doing what 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 uh, what um, what I'm doing. I think uh, when I stopped playing um, at City, I had people around who really believed that I can bring something to the football club, uh, especially Brian Marwood. And, uh, and Brian gave me the opportunity to be where I am today. So you're coming into a situation with City Football Group and in New York City, where you've, you've had a place for a while, right? You, you've been here frequently. So do you understand the, the sports landscape as, as far as the spectators are concerned? They don't hope for a champion, they expect a champion, and, and that kind of pressure comes along with it. And I think I had uh, the best answer was... Um, was when we um, went to Baltimore for the draft, and um, and when we managed to um, to take Jack uh, Harrison uh, with us, and we had 25 to 30 fans over there, and the way they react when they announced that Jack Harrison has been drafted to New York City, it was for me unbelievable. So that. That just showing me and make me understand that to be second is not good enough. You have to be first. So that's really um, that's really good because even for myself, being second is not good enough. But uh, but to be first, we we will have to work hard. We have to work well, and um, and we will need the support from all New York City fans. The selection of Harrison. Uh Obviously, it seemed the club really wanted him, tried to get him in as a homegrown, and MLS denied that. Then you traded to add certainty that you would get him selected. But now it seems like an overcrowded midfield situation. Do you see it that way? Is it uh, No, you're shaking your head no. No, 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 not at all. I think he brings something that we didn't have last year. 
he's a proper winger. He's really good on the 1D1. He will create chances for his partners. He will score goals. He's, uh, he's a modern type of winger. And, uh, and he's going to be a really exciting player to watch. Our fans will be delighted to have him. I'd like to look at a different part of the field, the, the back line. Josh Saunders had a big year last year and then inconsistency in front. Four of those players are returning. You've added a couple of, uh, of, of backs. Uh, Madarita from Costa Rica was announced just before the press conference today. The one thing that we note, and we watched all the games, and I know you watched many, but the air game in the back was a question mark. So your back line right now is 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", 5'11", and 3'6". Six foot even. Um, are you comfortable with that group going into preseason as to getting the job done and all the aspects that are necessary for a back? Yes, of course. I'm comfortable with that because I don't think the problem is based on the back four or the problem is based on individual. I think the problem is collective. We need midfielder to do their job better and we need front players to do their job better. If the front players do their job better, the midfielders do their job better, then we will concede less goal and we will concede less chances. That's why I'm a big believer of, of uh, team spirit and understanding that we scoring goals because we build up really well from the back. We concede goals because we didn't defend well from the midfield or from up front. And that is what we need to uh, to get better. It's not just about the individual or about the unit. It's collective. One final one for me, uh, the DPs. Everyone knows them. Uh, whether truthful or not, uh, uh, the previous co-chair, Jason Christ, there were some reports that suggested that not connecting well with those three, Lampard, uh, Pirlo, and Villa, may have led to his demise. You walk into a locker room, you're, you're going to get immediate respect, and deservedly so. But is, is there a way to um, affect a player like that, uh, someone who's been through uh, all those experiences, much more so than, than the rest of the team? Listen, I, I have a massive respect for all the three players, for what they achieved during their career, and, um, and I'm really looking forward to work with them. Um, I'm quite a really communicate person I like to sit down have interact with players and I will communicate with David the same way I will communicate with Jack the same way I will communicate with Patrick the same way I will communicate with Carrie um, everybody need to understand what is their role and responsibility and everybody need to understand where they stand and if everybody understand where if everybody understand that properly and then we can express ourselves, and then we can express our talent. Um, I love these three players that we have as a DP because not just about the career they had, but about who they are as a person. And, um, and I'm really looking forward to work with them. And I know that they can bring a lot to the young players that we have in our squad. And, and my job is as well to make them understand that they have a responsibility in the dressing room for the young ones to express themselves. You understand? Yeah. So uh, so that is part of my job to make them understand that, but they will understand it. They are, they've been through to that. And uh, I even don't have to say nothing because, because, because I know them really well. You're not much older than them. 
No, we play against. Uh, <laughs> we had some uh, some good battles against. 2006? 2006, Frank Lampard, when we lost in the Champions League, I think it was a quarter-final. Chelsea-Arsenal. Uh, David, where I think we played in the World Cup when we uh, we beat Spain. Uh, listen, I won, I lost against them, but they are they are a real professional. What I want, what I like to call real professional, because because this is they are a really good role models for the young players, and young players will have a lot to learn from them, and they should be really lucky to have this kind of players as a role model because they will have time to give to the young players. Patrick led New York City to their first ever playoff berth in 2016 and then again in 2017, both years finishing second in the Eastern Conference. 2018, an intriguing year for Patrick and New York City. First, uh, I was in the air heading to Portland for the NYCFC Timbers broadcast in April when the news broke that the embattled Arsene Wenger was stepping down as the manager of the Arsenal Football Club after 25 years. When I landed, I proceeded promptly to the New York City training session and got the first public reaction from the Arsenal legend who played under Wenger, Patrick Vieira. Earlier this morning, Arsene Wenger announced that uh, he would be uh, ending his uh, coaching career at Arsenal after 22 years. I'm just curious, Patrick, uh, you spent a lot of time with him, what your initial reaction was to the news, and do you feel it's nice that he'll be getting a proper send-off? Yeah, I think he's always a surprise because, you know, when we're talking about Arsenal Football Club, we're always talking about Arsene because he's the one who, uh, especially in the last 22 years, um, was a few years of, of Arsenal Football Club. So it is a, I think it is a sad day for, for the Arsenal Football Club because somebody who gives a lot to this football club uh, leaving um, is sad and, um, and you know we and I personally wish him, uh, wish him all the best and, uh, and at the same time uh, thanks him for, for what um, he gave me as a, as a player. Now you knew him before you arrived at Arsenal. You'd played against him, and uh, I remember the uh, from your book the time you s- spent in the stands at San Siro with him, getting to know him personally a little bit. What drew you to him, and and what was his impact on you as a player? Because he he, he knew me really well. He's been following me for years, and he was talking to me the way that will make me really exciting about what he can, where he can take me. Uh, he knew perfectly about my strength, my weakness, and um, and I think that what that is that is what really pushed me to go to Arsenal because I know I said to myself this guy really know me and he can maybe take me where I want to go, and uh, and working with him for nine years been um, it's been fantastic. Uh, you know I, I was at Arsenal when I was 19, 20 years old and I left when I was 29. I get there when I was a kid and I left as a, as a man and a, as a better football player and, and as a better person as well. So it really helped me to grow as a player, but as a human being, as a good person. And, and he was one of the first, if not the first, foreign coach to come in and have uh, real success in England. What was his impact on the game in England? He changed, he changed everything um, at Arsenal. Uh, he changed the way that players in general, including myself, Conducting ourselves off the field, what we are eating, uh, what we are drinking, uh, 
how we do our stretching. Uh, I think he make us understand that if we wanted to play at the higher level for the next 10, 15 years, there's a way that we needed to conduct ourselves. And, and he, sh he explained to us how professional that we needed to be to be a top football player. So I think that was a massive help for young players like myself, but it was a massive help for um, the English guys who was at Arsenal at that time. Finally, uh, your name is being mentioned as a, a possible successor, and there's even a report that Wenger has endorsed you. What is your reaction to all this talk? Always flattering. I, um, I'm always uh, flattering to, to hurt my name's link with different football clubs because that is that is uh, that is good for your egos I will say it. <laughs> but at the same time um, you know uh, I'm happy here um, of course spending nine years at Arsenal make this club really special for me because uh, because of the the quality of time that I had over there the relationship that I had with the fans but um, that's not of course that's not enough to pretend of, of uh, going there and coaching the team. Um, you know, I just uh, enjoyed myself, happy where I am, and we will see what will happen in the next couple of, uh, couple of years. Well, in the next couple of months, reports emerged that Patrick was heading back home to France and taking over Ligue 1 side OGC Nice. Well, it turns out that the multiple reports over his final month in the Bronx were true. And in what turned out to be my final interview with Patrick, our regular pregame briefing ahead of the New York City FC Atlanta United match on June the 9th in the Bronx. We're back at Yankee Stadium pregame. New York City FC preparing to play Atlanta United. And with us is New York City head coach Patrick Vieira. Patrick, first thing I want to address is, is the loss of Yanhel Herrera. We know that injuries are, are a part of any athletic endeavor, but this is a guy in the center of the park who w was so critical for you. Can you just describe what you're losing without Herrera? Yeah, I think it's a, it is a big loss for us. Um, even if uh, Yangel wasn't playing that well, uh, but he was bringing us this kind of physicality uh, in the midfield. Uh, you know, when he was a battle and a 50-50, we are going to win the majority of them. And, um, you know, he was really strong with the header. Uh, we lost a little bit of, uh, of the defensive side of the game. So you suggested uh, this week that you don't really, within your uh, program, within your first team, you don't have a like-for-like like for Herrera to come in for him. Uh, a four, he seems to be the choice today, but what do you mean by that? What is it, what is it that uh, the club needs to do now? There's a transfer window coming up. Yeah, there's a transfer window coming up and it will be important for us to try to replace a young girl. Uh, and of course, Iben uh, will play today and, you know, I can't ask Iben to bring what uh, young girl uh, have and because this is completely different type of player. But with Iben, I think we uh, can play a little bit more we can uh, our game can be a little bit more fluid and uh, you know the characteristic of the players are different uh, and this is what we have to uh, manage and uh, try to find the right balance for the teams to compete together against Atlanta 
All right, you had made nine changes for the U.S. Open Cup game against the, the Red Bulls. Uh, one of the guys that sat out is Alex Ring, and you talked a little bit about you know keeping him secure because of a knee issue. Is that the is that the pass knee issue, and you're just being careful with him? Yeah, that was a knee issues that he had in the last couple of uh, couple of weeks, and uh, for him to play uh, three games in the week was uh, was too much. Um, so that's why he was on the bench, and the plan was to play him if. There was anything happening during the game, but knowing that the game against Atlanta will be really important as well, so uh, it, it would be it would be uh, starting today. So uh, even though it was a different competition, it's a, it's a, another big loss to your rival. Uh, what are what are the the steps you take as the coach to? To help the team recover from that, I, I know you. It's it's one of those. Let's just forget about it. We've got another big game on the weekend, but that's easier said than done. Yeah, I think what is interesting and what is good is that we we have another game uh, straight away, and it's about me challenging the players about um, the lost and uh, not accepting losing two games in a row. I think um, my communication with the players after that game against the Red Bull was uh, was simple, I would say. It was easy because players wasn't happy at all about the way they perform. Uh, they wasn't happy at all about uh, the way that we played against against the Red Bulls. And um, and I think it's good that the game against Atlanta comes straight away after that. So now it's Atlanta uh, regarded as maybe the top team in the league now, points-wise, that's the case. Uh, you had a great match with them uh, in Atlanta, at least from a spectator standpoint, 2-2 tie, and uh, a lot of people who have watched MLS for many years said it was one of the better matches they saw. Did you like that game? Yeah, I loved that game. I think he was uh, tense. He was uh, good played from both teams. Both teams had the chance to even win that game. Um, it was drama as well at the same time. I think uh, it was a really good game of football. And yes, Atlanta, I think today it's uh, the teams to beat because they are in the top of the table. And because as well, I think they have quality players and they are solid as a team. And individually, they have players who who can make difference by themselves. The, the group of players that attack, is, is this... Is this the best you've encountered, do you think, or where they rank uh, in MLS? I think they are one of the best. Uh, obviously, I'm sure that they are in the top top three. I think uh, Toronto is there as well. I think uh, Columbus have some really interesting front players. I think uh, um, New England uh, have some really good players up front. I think, you know, the quality of those teams in the, in the MLS are getting better and better, and and obviously Atlanta is one of the, the best teams in the league. Joseph Martinez in Atlanta, you contained him pretty well. Uh, he's coming off the hat-trick and uh, has made a lot of noise again this year. What was the, the key to containing him last time, and what will he have to do today? Not give him space. He's a goal scorer. He's, uh, everything is inside the box. He's really sharp, understand the game, make a quicker decision. And uh, and we will have to be really tight on him, not give him space. But I don't want to concentrate only on him because Almiron is behind. He's the one who provides the quality passes. Barco is playing fantastically well after the injuries that he has. Gressel, I think, on the right-hand side is a, is a machine. Um, you know, uh, that is a good team. I think today we will need 
a really good team performance if we want to get something from that game. Uh, Martinez is there, number seven. David Villa wears seven for you. Uh, Villa back in the starting lineup. Uh, his uh, role today? No, David's role is, uh, you know, like uh, like always, we want him to, to lead uh, by, uh, by example, like he did it all the games that we play so far. I think he's the leader of the team. If David has a good game, I believe that Maxi and the rest of the guys will have a good game. All right, Patrick, uh, there's a bit of uncertainty about you and the club entering this game. I just want to say once again, thank you and uh, bon chance, Patrick. Merci, merci beaucoup, Glenn. Next stop, Nice. And in the Liga table through 18 matches, Nice, seventh place in a log jam, four teams on 26 points. Patrick Vieira on Soccer City Spotlight. I'm Glenn Crooks. Thanks for joining me and Happy New Year.